Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I'm the host of this daily podcast. It is Thursday, the 12th of November. I still haven't figured out a good one-line description of what this podcast is. I have my laptop open with Spotify open, and I can see that Erica Campbell was listening to The Killers. Ryan Schrieber was listening to David Byrne, is listening to David Byrne. Christina Einvert is listening to Birds of Passage and JW1023 is listening to Big Thief. I wish there was a way to talk to people on Spotify like they used to be. Welcome to today's episode. Uh, Let me start today by saying a massive thank you to the people behind the Pause It, Play It pod, the 1975 podcast. Yesterday, it was Matt who reached out and said hello and thank you for the review on Twitter. Today, it was Josh who did so from the 1975 podcast Twitter account. So thank you very much for that, Josh. Josh also makes music as College Elite, and you should definitely check that out. It's very cool, very... If you like Waves, Waves, W-A-V-V-E-S, you will probably dig what Josh is doing as College Elite. I also listened to a little bit of a two-hour set from James Murphy of LCD Sound System that he did on NTS Radio. Thank you, Tom, for making me aware of that. Hopefully they put it on their website so I can listen to the whole thing at some point. Once I'm done here, I intend to read a whole bunch of articles and profiles that I've been meaning to read for a while. There's one on Labyrinth, there's one on Kylie Minogue, there's one on a hyper-pop playlist, which apparently has become quite the thing. I intend to find out what that thing is. And as for me and my music, because I make music and that's why I started this podcast in the first place, I have two weeks off coming up and I really, really want to actually do something with those two weeks. So I'm going to really lean on this podcast to try and hold me accountable and chronicle step by step what I intend to do. For starters, the best way to get good at something is repetition and time. Ideally, if you can do something every day, then you will definitely get better at it. I have not been doing much with my music every day or any day for a while now. The first step is to cobble together whatever demos I have of the stuff I intend to release first so that I can listen to it on my phone while playing along with it on my guitar and get a better feel of what I want the finished product to be. And that is what I intend to do with my two weeks off. But you're not here to hear... Well, maybe, I don't know why you're here, but for today's episode... The main attraction is another edition of Gig Stories. Today, it is the time that I saw the Big Pink, who were supported by the XX, at the cockpit in Leeds. Now, I went to university in Huddersfield. I was there from 2008 to about 2012. I did a quick search online and setlist.fm tells me this show happened on the 18th of October in 2009 the cockpit in leeds no longer exists it has permanently closed and r.i.p because that venue was the stuff of legend boy do i miss going there this show was the first time that i went there so i studied at huddersfield there weren't there wasn't really much happening in huddersfield live music wise there's a pub called the cavern that some bands played at but thankfully you were pretty smack bang in the middle between Manchester and Leeds and all the cool bands that I now or I say now now before 2020 would go and see in London that would sell out in about 30 minutes you could always or almost always get tickets on the night in Manchester or in Leeds and quite likely at a much cheaper price too this was one of those nights I 
knew more about The Big Pink than I did about The XX at the time, but there were two songs that really made me think I wanted to go to this gig. The Big Pink had a song called Too Young to Love, which I think was their first single. And The XX had a cover on YouTube of the song Teardrops by Womack and Womack. And it's a YouTube video that has a picture of a keyboard. And I remember when this was first uploaded and only had three, four figures worth of views, like in the hundreds or the early thousands. Now it's got about six odd million. And it was first uploaded on Jan- in January 2009. I absolutely love that cover. And that's why it is today's song as well, because I don't think it's on Spotify. I don't think it's ever been officially released. Funnily enough, the person who uploaded this video says... The XX, the bio or the description for the video is the XX, teardrops, and then in brackets, they're going to be huge in 2009. I think they kind of lived up to that. I think this was before either of these acts released an album. This show was the first time I went to this venue. It was, I think, my first gig that I went to by myself whilst at university. So I had to get the go. I lived at uh, the student halls was called Stalls Hall. You had to get a bus from Stalls Hall to town and then get the train from Huddersfield to Leeds. And then from Leeds Station, you'd come out, you'd turn right, walk about 40 seconds, go down a set of stairs, and you would be right by the back door band entrance to the venue. How do I know this? Because the very first time I went to this venue by myself, nervous as hell, I think it was my first time ever going to a gig by myself as well, because before this, I was living in Exeter. I wasn't really going to gigs by myself then. So it's my first time going to a gig by myself, first time out in the north. A lot of firsts, a lot of feelings, a lot of nerves. You go down, you come out the train station, you go down these steps, and who do I see but the members of the band, the XX, not the XX, the Big Pink. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this can't be right. You're the band. You're the band that's playing. You're the band I'm here to see. I... But you're right there. How? What? How? Oh, man, do I miss the cockpit. I will definitely do a podcast episode about that venue alone. And I don't know where I found the courage. Probably the same place I found the utter foolishness to start this podcast and talk to people at shows. But I approached the band. I said hi. And I am saying this to you right now on the podcast as I furiously Google the Big Pink to try and remember who actually was in the band. Because one thing about this gig story and this gig in general is that I don't really remember the actual gig. I'm sure it was great. I remember the Big Pink had a drummer who was very enthusiastic and the XX were great as well, very atmospheric, very quiet. Like there's, They have space in their songs and it's the type of performance where if the the audience is on side, it will feel amazing. If they're not on side, it can really kill the vibe. Apparently they were signed to XL Recordings when someone from XL, I can't remember who, saw them play at a pub. Now, if you're not a real headline act and you're playing at a pub, you can bet money people are talking in the background. If you're talking in the background of a show, of an XX show... Yeah, that's a good chance you might be louder than the band at some points. But such is the unique position from which this music was coming, that it's still, whoever discovered them in that pub knew they were onto something. I definitely need to do a podcast about the XX as well, because I think they are an un- underrated influence on the popular music of the last decade. I'm talking The weekend, Lana Del Rey, Lord, etc. But another time. So... I get to this venue, and as soon as I arrive, I see the Big Pink, who have in them Robbie Furs, Nicole... Ah, 
Milo Cordell used to be in the band. He was in it at the time I saw them, as was Robbie Furs and Akiko Matsura, who's no longer in the band as well. She was the drummer. I saw them at the, that entrance, said hello. They seemed cool. I think they gave me a can of something, beer, maybe whatever. And I got to hang out with the band. My first time at this venue, first time going to a show by myself, and I'm hanging out with the band. How cool. It doesn't get much cooler than that. I made a habit of doing this. I, would, I think I took their set list or maybe a poster for the show from the wall and got them to sign it. And I remember Akiko just stabbed a bunch of holes into it. It was that kind of night. I remember hanging out with the band backstage after the show. I'm pretty sure when I was at the bar at the show, I was given free drinks because I was by myself and I got talking to the bartender. I I really missed the cockpit. So I hung out backstage with the band. The XX came in. Now, the XX were still a four-piece band at this point. The XX started as a four-piece. And I also am now furiously Googling who was in the XX at this time. So bear with me. They started in 2005. Wow. They were Romy, or they are Romy, Oliver and Jamie, and they used to have Barrier in the band as well. I remember the four of them being backstage as well, briefly. I think they went out for whatever, maybe had dinner or something. I remember thinking, Oliver is really tall, and they were all wearing all black. So they came, they said, hey, I said, hey, you know, cool show, then they left, and I was in the company of the Big Pink for the rest of the evening. It started with drinks at the cockpit, pretty casual, I'm just trying to fit in, and nervous and excited, and goodness knows what. Funnily enough, my dad, I spoke to him earlier today, he's just, he started watching the movie Almost Famous, and he said, Roy, have you heard of this film Almost Famous? I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with it. I've, it's one of my favourites. I very much relate to the kid in the film. And he's like, yeah, I was hoping I could introduce you to it. But he said, I also very much saw you when I watched this film and saw the kid interviewing the bands and so on. And I was like, yeah, it's based on a true story. The director who wrote it was that kid. He had a career at Rolling Stone, etc. I digress. So I got to live out my almost famous fantasy, basically, at this show. So we're, at, we're backstage at Cockpit. We're drinking drinks. We're hanging out. I'm trying my best to play it cool. We then go to a bar after that. And I've got Google Maps up. From what I remember of the walk from the Cockpit, we headed east. And I'm pretty sure... Ah, I can't remember the name of the, the bar. But I do know that they had matchboxes with the name of the bar on it. And I had that matchbox for ages. Because if you were ever somewhere and someone asked you for a light and you pulled out a matchbox, you got that, oh, oh, okay, check this guy out. At least that's what I like to think happened. So he went to that bar, had a few more drinks there. I'm pretty sure it was rather quiet. I think it was just us. I'm not sure what day of the week, the 18th of October was, but I'm pretty sure it was a weeknight. We went backstage, well, not backstage, but to the back room of the bar. And someone pulled out some cocaine. That's right, folks. I said adult themes. We're going there. This is, I think, a first for the podcast. This was the second and last time that I tried this drug. And this was back in 2009. Yeah, I'm not really about that type of lifestyle. I, again, first time. Oh, my goodness. What on earth is happening? Play it cool, Roy. Play it cool. They were getting it out. They were making lines or whatever. And at some point, someone turned back to me and said, you're chipping in for this, right? I don't want to be the lame guy. I want to blend in. I think they think I'm cool. They definitely knew I wasn't cool, but they probably thought it was fun to have me around. Why not? So I chipped in. I think I gave them a £20 note. I don't know how much I gave them. I did not have £20 to give, but I think that's what I gave. And I I took some. That's, that's right. Confession time. I hope this doesn't stop me from getting to travel to certain countries. If I have to remove this episode, because if 
incriminating evidence. Although, statute of limitations, maybe I'm making this up, you can't prove anything. Ah, I'm going to keep going. So that happened. And then after the bar, we went to a strip club. That's right. We lived the classic rock and roll cliche. Drugs and then strippers. We went to the strip club. I cannot for the life of me, listener, remember what that strip club was. I would be surprised if it was still going. I'm pretty sure strip clubs are shut in general in this lockdown time. I'm digressing again. We went to the strip club. I'm trying to blend in. I don't really feel like anything's kicked in or anything, so I'm just trying to go with it. By the way, definitely don't try this at home. Not that anyone can right now, but definitely don't. I in no way condone this behavior. I was younger and foolisher than I am now. Only just. We're in the strip club. One of the guys from the band buys a lap dance. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to buy a lap dance. Gave the bartender £10, got a lap dance. Well, ordered my lap dance. Spoke to one of the roadies, said, aren't you getting one? He said, no, thanks, I'm good. And for some reason, a wave of shame hit me. And I just thought, no, you're right. What the hell am I doing? I don't want a lap dance either. So I tried to get a refund for a lap dance. Listeners, you might not know this. Why would you? But in case you didn't, you generally can't get a refund for a lap dance. The bartender refused to give me my £10 note back. And I remember going on about this for an extended period of time. Just trying to say, no, I don't want the lap dance anymore. I want my money back. I don't want to do this. I've made a mistake. (laughs) Give me back my money. But they wouldn't. So I caved in and said, fine. I think someone said, just take the damn lap dance. I said, okay, you know what? Fine, I will take the lap dance. It was the saddest lap dance that's ever happened. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm sat down. There's a very... There's a lady who is performing the lap dance i think i like looked at my knees the whole time i just i was not in the moments you know i wasn't appreciating it or drinking it in i just thought to myself this was a mistake this was a mistake and as awkward as it is for me i can't imagine how it feels for the person dancing if they are very aware that the person they're dancing for does not want this to happen but has no choice i don't think it lasted very long i remember her saying to me i think something like that see it's not Either, like, it's not so bad, or, see, that's all it is, or something like that. Like, you didn't have to be such a wuss, or something not particularly complimentary. And I don't blame them, to be honest. I can't imagine I was their number one customer that evening. So that happened. The person I was still in the strip club with from the band, I think it was Milo. I could be wrong. He disappeared in some back room with, I think, two strippers. Not to be seen again for the rest of the night. And somewhere along the way, I realised, oh, I guess... My part in this party is over now. Well, thanks. It wasn't like, bye, Roy, bye. Like, me saying bye, everyone. Emma saying, bye, Roy, you're the coolest. Stay in touch. It was very much like, oh, uh, I guess I should probably go now. So I'm going to go do that. So I left, walked back to the, the walked back to Leeds train station, went to the McDonald's in the station. I think there was a McDonald's. I remember there being some train drivers in the restaurant as well. And I think I was very much excited and just fidgety about the fact that this had all just happened and in hindsight i imagine that might have been the side effects of cocaine i am by no means an expert but i gather it can do something to your energy levels got on the train got back to huddersfield and i don't remember if it was this gig so i'm just going to say it was this gig but i walked from huddersfield train station to stalls hall listener i welcome you i kindly invite you 
to go onto Google Maps and search the journey from Huddersfield Station to Storth's Hall. That's S-T-O-R-T-H-E-S, Hall. Google Maps tells me it is a one hour and 46 minute walk. And I'm pretty sure I did this at like 1.30 in the morning. What's the saying? Cocaine is a hell of a drug? (laughs) Oh man. Walked all the way back. When I got to my room... I saw that someone had put tape across the front door as if it was a police site. I think it was caution tape or like wet floor tape they put across it. So then I thought it would be a brilliant idea to run from room to room and from floor to floor trying to find who did it. Bearing in mind, it must have been about half two, three in the morning. So everyone's long asleep by now, but I'm there knocking on doors and saying, I know it was you. I know it was you that did it. Eventually I went to bed. Woke up the next morning. Everyone was a bit like, Roy, what were you doing last night? And I just... This was probably the coolest I think I felt the entire time I lived there. Someone asked me what happened to me last night, and I said, oh, man, I went to see this band. We ended up going to a strip club and doing cocaine. It was a weird night. And I remember vividly the look I got, and I felt like a golden god. I felt like I was the rock star in the room. Just for that moment, because I got a look of just... I think, no, I think someone had brought a cousin or something to visit... And they happened to be in the kitchen. Like, this is Roy. I don't know, blah, 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 it's Roy. And I said, where were you last night? And I got to say that. And I know the person they brought with them looked at me like, who the hell is this guy? And that was the time that I saw the Big Pink and the XX at the cockpit in Leeds. Did I miss out any details that I wanted to share? Saw the band first thing, hung out. Don't remember the show. XX were a four-piece. Afterwards, backstage, just reading my notes here, don't mind me. The bar, I thought it was the shed bar, but it looks like the shed bar was right next door to the cockpit. And this place was at least across the road. So it couldn't have been that. You came out the back entrance, you he- you turned right, which I think is bearing east. You walked across the back alley area, you crossed the road, and the place was just there. I imagine it might not be there anymore, which is probably why I can't find it on Google Maps. But... Ah, well. Oh, maybe it was the shed bar. No, it wasn't the shed bar. Was it the viaduct show bar? Maybe. It looks like, I think it was on Brigitte Road. Belinda's nightclub, temporarily closed. I think it was definitely on Brigitte Road. Or it was on... I know this is the thrilling entertainment you tune in for. Listening to some random guy reading street names on Google Maps. It was definitely on Brigitte Road. It might have been the Stone Roses Bar. It might have been Belinda's Nightclub. I'm leaning towards Belinda's Nightclub. We went to Belinda's Nightclub. Then what did we do? Looking through my notes. It was my second and last time doing cocaine. Yes, the first time I did cocaine. Again, one of only two times. Sorry, Dad. Was at a university party. And I did the classic thing. If anyone's ever seen Annie Hall by Woody Allen, the movie. I did that thing where the cocaine's on the table... And then you exhale a bit too much as if you're blowing out birthday candles and the cocaine just blows everywhere, which means no one can take any. Yeah, (laughs) regular... Oh, it feels weird to say on the podcast, but I'm sticking with it. Strip club, order £10 lap dance, already said no, I wanted refund, no refund, saddest lap dance ever. Guy from band disappeared with two dancers, went home alone to Stalls Hall, two-hour walk, got home tape on door... Ran around trying to find who did it in the kitchen. Got to mention that there was strippers and blow. Felt very cool. Yep. That was the time I saw the big pink headline and the XX support at the cockpit in Leeds. It wasn't the last time I went to the cockpit because I really love 
Love that venue. It's one thing I miss. It's probably one of the things I miss the most. Live music in general is one of the things I miss the most about living in the North because you'd have a much better chance of seeing the shows because in London, everyone knows everything that's happening and everything sells out and everything's way more expensive. But in Manchester, oh, there's a, lot, there's a few gigs I can do some gig stories about. The, the, not the, everything, everything. Uh, the Thermals, which I'm pretty sure Johnny Marr was in the audience when I saw them. Ah, I'm clutching at straws now to try and remember who else I saw. It'll come back to me. (laughs) Maybe it's all the two times that I did cocaine that have ruined my memory. So today's song is going to be the XX with their cover of Teardrops because boy, does that bring back memories of that one show. Have you been to shows by yourself? Have you got any memory memorable gig stories that you'd like to share? You know, you can send me a voice note. There's a link in every episode where anyone listening can send me a voice note. If you'd like to share with me a story of a gig you went to, especially since we're all living in an age where there's a massive question mark over whether we'll ever get to see live shows again or when or if it will ever be the same as it was once before. So I hope this helps to rekindle your love of live music or at least let you point and laugh at me and my very, very foolish ways from once upon a time. Thank you all for listening. I will catch you on the next episode. Oh, wow. 20 minutes. (laughs) That'll do for today. Catch you on the next one. Take care.